So, good afternoon. My name is Brad Johnson, and I, with my wife, uh, farm in Gridley, California, with Woolly Farms. And uh, I've lived there all my life. I've been farming on my own to some, of some type since about 1976. And uh, Judy and I, my wife, farm our organic uh, walnuts, sugar plums, the prune plums, mixed vegetables. And we also farm conventional peaches with, and sugar plums with my uh, brother and sister-in-law in the same area. So today, I have a topic that I'm going to talk to you about is uh, post-harvest handling. And um, first, a favorite quote of mine. Every human being created in the image of God is endowed with a power akin to the creator, individuality, power to think and to do. My point being, we can all figure out ways to do things. Mine aren't the only ways. So, post-harvest handling. My thought in this, just so I can make this thing work in the right way. My thinking about this is what happens to the fruit after it is separated from the plant or picked, and how do you get it to the market in good condition or packaged the way it is wanted? To clarify my qualifications on this topic, I'm not an expert educated by the book as a produce handler. There are books, the internet, and universities for that. What I will be showing you is some of what we do and our personal experience of how we handle our products, primarily our vegetable crops. Uh, we also harvest sugar plums, dried prunes mechanically, and outsource the drying and pitting, as well as walnut harvest. We outsource the hulling, drying, and shelling but we handpick, oh, I'm sorry, we, we handpick or at times machine pick our peaches and ship them to be canned at a commercial canner. But we are daily involved in harvesting, cooling, packing, shipping our vegetables to wholesale markets. Over the course of years, we have grown for market many kinds of fruits and vegetables with many unique needs for handling. The details are a bit numerous to cover in this, this bit of time we have here, but I'll try to answer your questions uh, as you, any, whatever questions you may have as well. Our operation is relatively homemade and much of it has been learn as we go. We've been growing for market various vegetable crops with many varieties within these kinds. Watermelon, melons, tomato, eggplant, squash, okra, peppers, beets, cabbage, kale, turnips, basil, and a few other miscellaneous types. We have an evolved in our knowledge and infrastructure from shade tree to current state. Those of you who have a lot of money, I guess can build it by the book right the first time. Ours is over time and as we can and still not right. I'll be running through some photos and speaking to aspects of our operation pertaining to harvest slash post-harvest, both being related to this topic. In other words, what we do to pick the fruit, get it to market in good condition. Then we'll have time for questions or show more pictures depending on the time. Perhaps you can make some notes 
if you have questions so I can kind of manage my time for this. Um, not really sure how this is going to land time-wise, but I think we'll have some time for questions. So something to note in this picture. I don't know if you see, you don't see my mouse on there, do you? How about that? Okay, so just a little thing in this picture um, about our packaging. So we, um, we use pre-cuts. That's these little bands here. They're pre-cut. They come in a roll in a box. You pull one out of the box. You can wrap your pallet. It's got a little cinch unit on there. You can just quickly wrap it, cinch it right on. So we, we use those to hold these corner boards, which we place corner boards on the corner of our pallets to kind of tie the whole package together. And then uh, we use new boxes and generally new pallets. I'll talk about the brown paper uh, later. So one of my goals, one of my early goals was no carts in the field to increase speed and efficiency of harvest and move product to be cooled and packed faster. Though there are systems for hand picking fresh market tomatoes without carts, we've not risen to that scale, except when we grew determinate varieties, which we no longer grow. This happens to be a squash field, so don't, don't be deceived. You know, these are not tomatoes. But we pick squash sometimes early on before we start our machine our, with our mechanical system uh, with carts just because uh, there's not that much fruit to start with. It's quicker to go through with carts. So our plan instead is, is to continue to modify our carts for tomato picking with overhead shade covers for the fruit and people similar to our conveyors and conveyor wagons, meaning adding a top shade cover to the carts for the afternoon sun. These are a few of our cart styles. We've kind of various types we've used over the years. So what I'm talking about is adding extensions up on these carts and putting an overhead shade canopy so when we go down through these rows in the heat of the day overhead all of our fruit is covered with from the sun because we get very hot days in the summer and it'll scald that fruit even the short time it's in the picking box this is just an intermediate shade area we put together um, if we have the wagons not there we're using boxes to kind of shade stuff. So for our homemade conveyor harvest system, we've designed our field layout with nine row sections about 50 feet across. So from here to here. Planning to bed, plant, and cultivate three rows at a time and put our roads between sections, allowing our conveyors to reach halfway across for picking. Here you can see our roadways between. So this would be a road and this would be a road. Now currently we're using, we're putting in one bed at a time, but the reason I did it with nine rows is because my long term is bedding and cultivating and putting up three rows at a time just for speed. So this allows us to move product from the field to shade quickly and gives the added benefit to shade workers and conveyor with umbrellas or such things. So we made this conveyor out of scaffolding from Lowe's. We've made other ones from aluminum ladders and another from scrap electrical wire scaffolding. So it's powered by hydraulics from the tractor and we use tech shield plywood and regular comp roofing cuts the heat on the, that covers the trailer. The conveyor can swing back parallel on the trailer for roading. So this has a pivot point right here and we can swing this whole thing back against the trailer. So this is more pictures of how this works. So we're picking with no carts, putting the product on the belt, the, 
the product comes in to the pack shed or to the pack trailer, and then we're, in this case, we're field packing. We're doing cucumbers here. So we field pack at this point, and then the boxes go into a bin right on the, on the picking wagon, and then we can handle that with either a bin carrier or a forklift to get it off, or we can just haul it right in with the trailer to the pack shed that way and unload it without handling the boxes again. It works well for eggplant, watermelon, zucchini, ambrosia melons, and short steak tomatoes, or whatever else you want to imagine you can do with that. We use moist burlap on top to keep the produce covered and hydrated during transport. So this is the moist burlap. I just pulled it off here so I could get a good picture of the eggplant in the bins so you could see, see what fruit we had in there. So we modified these trailers from obsolete tomato wagons when sauce tomatoes were hand harvested in bins. They have roller conveyors right along underneath here where this bin skid slides and work well for bins and forklift handing, handling. We added the top and the sidewalk along the edge. Um, and even though it's not pertaining to harvest, these wagons make, provide a very good way to stake our tomatoes efficiently because we can put all our stakes on here we can pound our stakes downhill without any lifting, you know, when the stakes will be this level rather than this level to leave, put your stake pounder in or whatever, however you're putting them in. So that's just a little side note. So here's another style that we use. It's a low profile, which we really like this trailer, easy to get on and off. Uh, we're adding collapsible extensions uh, this year. So this, this little extension right here, we're putting on another one on the other side. And... Um, we use this mostly to field pack our zucchini. And this is incredibly helpful on hot days. I mean, if you're looking for some shade, this is in the field, this has been phenomenally, does a phenomenally good job. It also works well for hay rides. So here's a group of friends that we, you know, we'll take people on a trip around the farm and this is just a good way. We'll throw some bales of hay on there and, and it's just a fun way to do it. And, um, Kind of as a so uh, one of our coolers here is a uh, diesel engine truck cooler, and uh, we use this for volume overflow and because we don't have enough electricity. Uh, but it can be difficult in and out because first in is last out, and on very hot days it seems like it needs more airflow to keep the engine running. Uh, this other one here is a little is a 40 foot uh, reefer box, very thick insulation, and um, we put this little, uh, we don't use this big unit here. We just put this little um, AC window cooler in here. And you can, I've, I've heard you can modify the thermostat on those things to get them to draw down more. But we just, we use it for like dried fruit or wax boxes in the summertime. So we don't use it as our main cooling, but it does keep the wax box from melting and sticking together or the dried fruit doesn't need as much cooling. So we can keep it about say 50, 55. 60 degrees in there, kind of keep the door shut. We aren't in and out of that very much. Um, this one here is an earlier box we used. One of when we started with was a little milk truck, and uh, now we just use that for storage. So you know we're like I say, we've just kind of tried to pull things together over time as we could. And um, for example, uh, these cooler panels, we bought this whole stack and all the hardware to go with it for about $500. And uh, these are 18 to 20 feet long. And this is one of the coolers we made out of it. We made several coolers out of it. So I just, we put this up kind of like an erector set. 
and we used the, uh, I just com consulted with a con uh, compressor and condenser manufacturer and built it for, with what we could. We used the same panels for the roof and the doors. And um, guys, what's the matter with this? So um, mathematically, we do not have enough electricity to build, a, to build coolers with all the cooling capacity we need. So in order to expand and even do as much as we need to do with these, we need more power. So lack of electricity limits our growth. <clears throat> it's maybe not the only thing, but it's definitely a factor. I don't know if you've ever consulted with a um, reefer, uh, somebody who does refrigeration. It's all mathematical calculations. How much heat you're coming in with, how much you want to cool it to, how much time you want to spend on it. And it's all tied to the amount of electricity you want to run and how big your compressor is. So we consulted with them. They said, do make some machines. Uh, from this end, it's feeding that wash line and dumpers onto the belt going this direction. And then this is you know, going down the, the same way. And then it circles back around and makes a continuous flow just like a circle. So it just handles multiple products. You know, here you can see we're doing watermelons. Here down here we're doing apricots. And then there's a takeaway line, takeaway belt right here that just float, runs. So when you're packing, you can put your number two or your discards onto this exit line and it'll go down to this little tub down here. And then we do another pack down there for number twos or discards that kind of helps you just sort stuff out as you're packing. Because that's always a dilemma. What do you do with all this stuff when it's coming through? You know, and then it's a way to organize our boxes. So our boxes have a, a rolling conveyor up top here so we can put all of our empties accessible to when you, when you fill a box, you can just grab another one. And then this roller conveyor then moves the boxes the other direction, same direction out to, the, to be palletized. So basically our fruit comes in from one direction in the pack shed, gets packed, and moves out the other side. Breaks down into uh, normal compounds. So we use that for our zucchini. Uh, normally we field pack our zucchini, and this year we brought them all in, and we, in the box, just like this, we just dip them in the tank, box and all, and just dip them and pull them out and then palletize them. They like wet. They like, you know, we, we'll use them, we'll wash them, we wet them down. I mean, you know, I think you, you could overdo it. I think we normally overdoing that we run into is if we wet them too much and our boxes aren't a high wax content, they'll, or if they haven't sealed off the flutes or whatever you call them, those holes, there's a way if they dip those boxes. And if they're not dipped the right way, where they close off all those holes on the box, the water will get inside and collapse the box. So if you want a really good wax box, that's what you want. You need to close all those holes off, and then you won't get any saturation in your box. Because when you stack those pallets up, your bottom ones start collapsing. And you can't use cardboard at all. I mean, you, we use wax for all those. You just, we're not washing them. Is that part of the whole GAC? We're working on that. We're, that's just this year we started doing that. Normally, we field pack. We come, bring them in the pack shed. We'll open every box because we weigh them in the field. We pack and weigh in the field, and the only thing we do in the pack shed is we, we'll add, do we add the PLU stickers in the pack shed? We don't stick every fruit. We peel off, just like you saw there, we peel off a little strip, throw it in the box, spray it with water. We put wet paper, these wet paper on top and bottom, and then we seal it up. That kind of holds a little bit of humidity, keeps them drying out, because they will dry out in the cooler. 
if you don't, you know, if you hold them very long. And so we try to keep those more humidified than, than uh, dry. Um, so anyway, that's kind of what that is. Um, so I know this is kind of a busy slide here, but I threw it in because, you know, I, I know we're relatively, I mean, not everybody's doing large volume agriculture and we aren't either necessarily, but we have at times, well, this is a machine we've been, we've used. So this is a high capacity machine. When we were doing a lot of produce and we picked this up from another grower and uh, it's uh, an optical sizer. So it's computerized, it's originally made for potatoes and we used it for eggplant, squash, cucumbers, but it can be adapted to uh, other things. So it has optics that sees all sides of the fruit and tells it where to go and get off the belt onto another conveyor and um, be packed. Um, you know, one another aspect I really like about this machine because this isn't, this is also a married machine. It's not all one piece. Um, is the, um, the pre-sorter, helps organize the, and grade the fruit. And uh, we've not, we haven't used this for a number of years so it, it just takes up space right now so we're gonna put, up, put it on the market. Um, just to show you, so the, this is the pre-sorter. This is, a, this is made in New Zealand, but this conveyor is, you can divide it into three sections. So the first, you, you draw fruit off on the first part, you draw fruit off on the second part, second, third, and the last third you draw the, the rest of the fruit off that belt. And then this is a roller conveyor. So the, the fruit is turning as it's moving. So you can see all sides of the fruit as you stand on these tables beside it, and then you pick off the fruit you want, you put it, these side conveyors have little side conveyors, that move fruit to another place. And this underneath here is another conveyor that takes your garbage out. So you can just put your fruit on, sort it quick, and then it runs through this singulator right here and through the seeing eye, which that's where the optics are. Has a, channel, a series of eyes that see underneath, side, top, and both sides. And as it, after it runs through there, the computer tells it to run down this belt right here, and it'll run all the way down here, and then these little push rods will push the product off the, onto these other conveyor belts. And here was where empty boxes go. And then we're just, as the fruit drops off into a box and it gets weighed on these scales, then we just put on the conveyor, a roller conveyor and palletize it and go from there. And so this, this little uh, rolling conveyor here is for our empty boxes. That's where I'd say if we had a chute upstairs, we could just feed that boxes down onto those conveyors without having to you know, you just have somebody else feeding this stuff upstairs. It kind of gets all that packaging off the floor. So we have other types of sizers, and this is, this is another one we've used in the past, in case you're looking for something that might fit your, your window. So this is what I call as a cone sizer. And it spins the fruit up on its side in the perimeter of this cone and sends the fruit out in an adjusted slot, small to large. It works best with round fruit, tomatoes, citrus, onions, apples. Uh, we've made this padded table to pack from, but it can be used other ways to divert fruit. Uh, so the fruit comes in, in this case, you're just dumping, say, a lug box here. You could put a bin dumper on here or whatever, uh, dumps the fruit on this thing spinning. So the fruit then spins up on its edge and it moves out to these different slots that are adjusted with this little um, threaded adjustment with a padded, it's got a padded slot about a foot long on each one of these sections. And so as the fruit rolls around here, it slides out to its different compartment and then you you can pick it up off this table so I just put padded two by fours to separate these different compartments and as the fruit rolls down here then we're just standing here and 
and uh, picking it off the table and packing it in a box and put on the conveyor and palletizing whatever. So that's you know that's just another little system we've used over the years. Um, so some of the other nuances of post-harvest handling are moisture, temperature, and ethylene sensitivities for different crops. So I use this chart tacked to the back of my reef something, but you know, so then we might get blamed for something down the road, you know, because we don't know all the things that happen necessarily. So here that they're waiting almost to the last minute. We almost, I go out and talk to the truck drivers and say, come on in and see what we're doing. And I'll say, you know, could you, basically I'm stalling. And I say, you know, and because and, and, we're finishing up a pallet and it's coming in from the field that morning or whatever and we're putting on a truck and it's on its way the same day. So they're getting real fresh. If the market backs up or we have too much product, you know, I'd say sometimes we could be holding certain products maybe for a couple of weeks. You know, so it varies. And uh, we'd pack, then if you, depending on how you're doing it, I'd pack the same day if it's cool. We'd pick it in the cool of the morning and it's cold fruit. Or you need to cool it down. We need to cool down, and then it's on its way. Yeah. yeah, it comes off relatively clean. Cucumber, we can't really do that except the early stuff. Um, beets, we 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 uh, we pick and, and uh, bunch in the field, and then we bring them in and wash them. So we're bunching in the fields, and then we're basically bringing in the bunches as a bulk, and then washing them, and then packing them in in the in the boxes. See, like this box right here. This might be our beet box, so we're packing all these. We'll do all this, all do all this in the field, but we won't wash the dirt off until it gets in, because you just don't have that volume of water out there to deal with. So then we'll bring them in and wash them. And things that they like to, sometimes they'll make them at home. They'll make or I'll try to provide stuff for them, but they'll sew up their own type of apron they like or whatever. Um, so I'm going to diverge a little bit here, somewhat to the spiritual side, because I know this is just maybe a little dry matter here and and that kind of stuff, just kind of what we do. But this is a picture I threw in and a few things about children. So um, this is the, the post-harvest I think we really want, precious children. And, and you know, us, even us older children, that's the harvest we, we hope for, for eternity. And uh, the question, you know, sometimes we're asked is, how do we teach our children? How should we teach our children? And I say, start them young. Here's a few quotes. Tell your children about the miracle working power of God. As they study the great lesson book of nature, God will oppress their minds. As, children, as the children are told of the work that God does for the seed, they will learn the secret of God's grace. And then another. We should so train the youth that they will love to engage in the cultivation of the soil. And so far as possible, let the child from his earliest years be placed where this wonderful lesson book shall be opened before him. And in all his works, learn of the Creator. And then from Deuteronomy 6, 7. And you shall teach them diligently unto your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. These are my grandkids. They love to come out the garden with grandpa with with d-dog this media was brought to you by audioverse a website dedicated to spreading god's word through free sermon audio and much more if you would like to know more about audioverse 
or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.